What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to episode number 309 of the Smartout Moment Smack Talk Podcast. This is the Hot Tags edition of the week, where I'll be breaking down some of the current events, rumors, news, gossip, and anything else that went down over the past couple of days in the world of professional wrestling that I, your host as always, Tony Mango, felt necessary to talk about. And I have to admit, I've been kind of a little bit lackadaisical on uh, checking my news from the past couple of days. So I might have missed a story here or there, but I don't think that I did. I think I did my little roundabout checks, and I think that really it's only really boiled down to a couple of things, and a couple of them more important than the other ones. So let's take care of one of the ones that isn't as important, and that's that WWE has filed a trademark to one of Jeff Hardy's old catchphrases, which was immune to fear. Now, the Hardy boys being in WWE again, and this being tied to Jeff Hardy, you would think that this is something Jeff Hardy related. Doesn't necessarily mean the case, though. They could potentially own the copyright and the trademark uh, to this phrase in some kind of capacity in the world of sports entertainment and such, and they might want to use it for something completely unrelated to Jeff Hardy. Hey, you know what? Maybe even Matt Hardy. Ooh. Uh, I would assume, though, it's Jeff Hardy related, and it's probably going to be something that they just use for, like, his t-shirts or some kind of video package when he's getting it up, uh, not getting up, gearing up for his return after he gets cleared from his injury or something like that. But it could be something completely different. So I always pay attention to these trademarks and sometimes you get something really lame. Like, uh, I think that what was that the crash cage thing. It was like, I just ended up being a toy. Sometimes something is surprising. Like the revival. It was like, what's the revival of what? Oh, it's just the mechanics again, getting a different new name. Uh, No Way Jose, I remember when that was a thing where it was just like, they're really trademarking No Way Jose. What the hell's happening there? So who knows? Maybe Immune to Fear is going to be a new new fucking character for all we know. Um, On a more serious topic, uh, Caitlin, former WWE diva and uh, one-time champion, two-time champion, I can't remember. I know she was champion at least once. She has opened up about the idea that she was not only abusing alcohol, but that she also had a painkiller addiction and that she's apparently clean now, which is good. Of course, it's always good to hear that that kind of news instead of something on the far end of the other spectrum. And uh, maybe this is one of the reasons why she was gearing up for her supposed in-ring return is as some kind of a a goal to sort of work through. Uh, we know that there's at least some capacity to this of her marriage, because she has said as much, that she was in just a shitty marriage and that it wasn't working out, and she used these kind of tools to get herself through it, which is often the case with a lot of things like that. I'm obviously not going to turn this into a Sermon on the Mount kind of a thing and uh, talk about alcohol abuse and, you know, substance abuse and blah, 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 blah. You guys by now know my whole philosophies on a lot of those kind of things, but uh, it's always good news to hear that somebody has gotten clean, and all you got to do is hope that they stay clean. And if Caitlyn is clean, and she is gearing up for an in-ring return, what the hell? Why not bring her back into WWE and see what she's got? If she doesn't really have what it takes, then she can go somewhere else and go deal with it there, but... They seemed uh, to like her quite a bit, even though she was a last-minute replacement for Isis, I think her name was, the Amazon, who was supposed to be working with uh, Vicky Guerrero for that NXT season, and then ended up being Caitlyn instead. And uh, Caitlyn worked her way up 
quite a bit. So she's got some tenacity behind her. Moving over to something else that is somewhat related to abuse, I guess. That could be our transition or ailments, maybe. Um, there is criticism over the fact that they in WWE, they've got this connection between the whole Dana Warrior, Ultimate Warrior, Warrior Award thing, and Susan G. Komen. Uh, Vice Sports called them out on how Warrior, in the past was talking about things like being glad that Bobby Heenan had cancer and some disparaging remarks about gay people and other really negative things, which you would think would fly in the total face of somebody who's supposed to be a motivational speaker. WWE responded and such by basically, for the most part, saying, nah, man, we're your spirit and all that shit. Uh, here's the conundrum, though. Susan G. Komen's foundation has had a lot of flack for not being a really all that good corporation. And if this is supposed to be like, uh, I guess like, well, they're not living up to the high standards of Susan G. Komen, We'll start looking into some of the other stuff like that, you know what I mean? Uh, the warrior stuff, yeah, I mean, when you do something bad, it reflects everything in the future, and I don't see too much of, like, a concern on either party as far as this is uh, going to work out. Like, WWE isn't going to stop doing this, and Susan G. Komen's not going to be like, all right, well, we don't want to partner up with WWE anymore, and that's not going to stop because of this. And it's not going to really tarnish Warrior's perspective, but does he have that much clout outside of pro wrestling? Like, who knows Dana Warrior beyond people that watch WWE, you know what I mean? So if this is going to be something that Vice Sports and whoever else is, like, against this whole idea that they wanted this to, like, shake up the system, I don't think it's really going to do anything. At the same time, though, I can understand people criticizing it and just kind of wanting it to be like, well, do you need this person to be your representation of something that's positive when he was negative in a certain capacity? We all have bad days and we all have shitty things. And I think that what you do reflects on so many different levels, but also you need to kind of take everything for individual purposes. Like... This is supposed to be something that helps. Whether it is about the Ultimate Warrior or about breast cancer, the bottom line is supposed to be that it helps with breast cancer. So if you could use anybody to sort of get you that goal, good or bad, I think that it's worth it. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, this is taking things to an extreme, but if say, uh, what's another thing, like, um, HIV, if there's, like, an HIV awareness thing, first off, a quick side note, I think about the whole awareness thing, I think it's all bullshit, I think that this is just something to pat ourselves on the back, and we don't actually accomplish anything, you know, you, you go do a fun run for multiple sclerosis, you're not fucking stopping multiple sclerosis, donate money, they'll get the research, you don't need to do the fucking fun run, but, um, you know, if, say, the HIV, if they could figure out a way to draw a lot of attention and get a lot of money in fundraising by making comic strips about Hitler, Hitler's a shit human being, but you know what? If that gets them the money that they can solve the issues of HIV, all that much fucking better, you know what I mean? Would you rather have 
a bad tool that works or would you rather have a, a problem? You know, are you going to use the rusty end of a screwdriver to nail in something rather than a hammer or are you going to sit there and not have that thing nailed in? So if you are somebody who cares about breast cancer awareness, Ultimate Warrior's thing, for the most part, is not doing anything bad to hurt this cause. And now you can hear in the background that uh, somebody is trying to play with me with words with friends, but I'm not going to edit that out of uh, <laughs> this because it's great. Um, but yeah, there is an issue that I have with people when they come to like taking a good thing and trying to make a bad situation out of it. Uh, it's If you've heard the phrase before, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. That's kind of what this is. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of the thing where it's like, yeah, was Warrior shitty at times? Sure. But shut up. Like, <laughs> you know, what's the bigger problem here? The breast cancer or the ethics in trying to cure breast cancer? I'm pretty sure that the disease is the bigger story here. And that once you get that out of the way, then you can start criticizing what how you got to that, uh, the ends justify the means type of thing. Two more things to talk about here. Actually, 2.5. My thoughts on the most recent thing that was released on the WWE Network. This time around, it's table uh, blah, 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 blah. table for three. Shield reunion. Of course, that's Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and Dean Ambrose. Not the best uh, table for three. Not all that interesting. Um, I'm pretty low energy right now. You can probably tell. I'm just exhausted. And... I feel like I still have a little bit more energy than what those three guys were bringing to the table, no pun intended, because they were just bland, and their stories weren't really all that interesting. It was more so like, yeah, man, we uh, we did our thing, and we succeeded, and we did our thing, and uh, we succeeded, so we do it, did our thing and succeeded, and it was good that we succeeded doing our thing, and it's like, oh my god, I get it. And then Ambrose is just sort of like, I'm quirky and I eat sandwiches. That's basically it. Like, I didn't really get anything else out of that for the most part. So if you uh, are not super, super interested, you got the gist of it right there. And if you do want to check it out, go ahead and check it out. It's uh, it's a skip it more than a see it to me. And it's kind of a shame because when I saw that this was on deck for today, I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Like, post uh, Raw, I'll check this out. It'd be pretty fun and... Instead, it kind of sapped uh, some of my energy out of me. Uh, but here I am talking to you guys nonetheless. It's uh, like midnight or so, and I'll be out for a little bit more editing this. But I still have one more story to talk about here, and that's the biggest one that we need to talk about for this week. Unless, you know, randomly tomorrow, uh, Tuesday morning or something like that, we get a whole bunch more news. And you know how that goes. But the biggest story for the past couple of days is that WWE released three people. Summer Rae, Darren Young, and Emma. And two of these I saw coming. One of them I wasn't really. Darren Young felt like he could have been released literally any time that he was employed. I felt like when he first came into NXT that he was the best sacrificial lamb out of the bunch with Michael Tarver probably being the second, uh, the, the only other one that kind of like put up a fight kind of against that uh, mantle. And then Michael Tarver went. And I really didn't uh, see all that much about Darren Young that I thought was all that great. And he tried to do a couple things here and there. The best work that he ever did, by far, 
as like as far as my concern is was working with Titus O'Neil for the uh, the primetime players. And there was part of me that was thinking that there was like some potential in the future of maybe bringing him back on board with that and kind of contributing a little bit more to Titus Worldwide. And I also thought that there was a little bit of potential of having him show up with Goldust and doing some other kind of a gimmick. But for the most part, he had gotten injured a couple times. And even though he had that gimmick name of Mr. No Days Off, which really did not catch on ever... He never made that much of a splash. They tried to do the make Darren Young great again thing. Didn't get over more than a couple weeks. And then he got injured again. And we've been waiting for him to make his return after a long time of being injured. But he didn't. So it was very suspicious that he didn't come back like that. I still thought that he was going to come back and he was just going to be relegated to main event and just jobbing out like that. But... His release isn't all that surprising. And I know that some people are going to say, hey, do you think that this is because he's gay? No. No negative consequences mean that it has to be because of that. You know what I mean? He wasn't really all that great of a performer. It just so happened to be that he was also a homosexual. And if WWE wanted to fire him for that reason, they would be in such hot water because uh, that would be just fucking atrocious. No, he got released because he just wasn't somebody that was all that prioritized. It's the same as if Bo Dallas got released right now or Curtis Axel, although Curtis Axel has a lot more going for him than Darren Young and Bo, Dal- uh, Bo Dallas. Um, Kurt Hawkins is another one. If Kurt Hawkins got released tomorrow, I wouldn't be shocked because he's just a low priority type of guy. And Darren Young has been one of those for almost his entire career. So that was no shock. Summer Rae, another one, no shock. She's been gone for two years, and there was no indication that she was coming back. I mean, the most that we've heard from her, as far as I can remember, is I think that her silhouette was used in a Brizongo thing, and that's it, but it might not have even been her. She's been doing nothing but Instagram and Snapchat photo shoots, and it seemed like she had been moving on, uh, moving on a long, long time ago, similar a little bit to what Eva Marie was doing. So that is not another shocker to me. I think that Summer Rae never really caught on the way that most women do, and that was a problem. And she was hot, and she had some good stuff going for her as far as like uh, being Fandango's dancer, and she, you know, she kind of helped. Sasha Banks and Charlotte get into the mix a little bit and stuff, but she never took off on her own. So I'm not too shocked that she's gone. Emma, on the other hand, that's pretty shocking. I mean, she was just getting another push. And let's put it this way. If she would have been released with this whole Emmalina thing, I wouldn't have been shocked. These past couple of months that they've been sort of trying to get her back into the swing of things... I thought that her career was safe for a little bit longer, and that's kind of surprising that it wasn't. So a lot of people are talking about some scuttlebutt about whether certain people got released or fired or quit or their contracts just ran out. Um, Emma tweeted out a broken heart. Uh, Summer Rae says not giving up on Summer yet. Darren Young hasn't, at least at this point, from my knowledge, hasn't said anything yet. Uh, I assume he'll probably say something on Twitter or Instagram, just saying like, big thanks to WWE for all the great memories and allowing me to live my dream. And, you know, a lot of people do that kind of stuff. 
And Darren Young will be popping around on the indie scene. Maybe he'll end up showing up on Ring of Honor or Impact or something. And I don't expect Summer Rae to go anywhere. I think that she's just going to continue with modeling and try to do some other projects. Like, uh, hate to be this stereotypical, but most people are like, I want to start a fashion line. And it's like, well, it's a black bra. You don't need to fucking uh, sort this out that differently. But she's always been athletic, it seems. Uh, she was in that lingerie football league. So maybe her injuries aren't bad enough that she can still actually do something physical, and that would be kind of good. Maybe she wants to do something else completely. Maybe she wants to be a teacher or something, or a real estate agent or whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. Point being, I expect Darren Young to be popping up a couple different places. I don't expect Summer Rae, and I definitely expect Emma. I think that Emma is going to go over to Impact as soon as possible, and she's probably going to get some kind of a multi-time championship run there, and she'll probably feel like she's... Um, sort of like fulfilling her destiny since she never was able to do that in WWE. But kudos to all three of them for the different things that they have done that have been good. Uh, good riddance for the things that they have done that sucked. And obviously we don't wish poor things on them. So we wish them the well, uh, the best in their future endeavors as well. But that makes us have to turn into another little thing here. And that's Leo Rush. He made a joke that I admittedly thought was kind of funny. And it was about Emma's release. He said, I guess this is what happens. This isn't verbatim. I forget the verbatim thing, but it was something along the lines of, this is what happens when you're not truly ready for Asuka because Emma just got her ass whooped by Asuka twice. I thought that both sides of this sort of need to chill out a little bit. Um, He didn't need to make the joke. And it is an insensitive joke. So I can understand people getting upset about it. The people that should have been upset about it are Emma and Emma's fans and Emma's friends. And that's it. Nobody else has any reason to be upset about it. Uh, The other people in the business that have been calling Leo Rush out on it and saying like, you're a douchebag and you're not going to be able to make it if you're going to be making enemies like this and all that. I don't know, I think that they're kind of giving him a little bit harder of a time than he deserves because he's just making a fucking joke. If he would have said something like, good riddance, Emma's a fucking bitch, or something like that, it's a little bit shady. And that probably would have gone over even better because then they would have been like, oh, I guess they have some problems with each other and they're just kind of taking shots. It's something that he apologized for and, yeah, it kind of comes off a little duplicitous that maybe he's just sort of apologizing because he wants to save face a little bit. And that's probably true. It's probably 90% true. But I hate this culture nowadays where you make a joke that could be pretty insensitive and people call you out on it and you say, I'm sorry, whether you actually are sorry or not, and nothing is accomplished. Either he made the joke and he's sorry and nobody's going to forgive him, or he made the joke and he's not sorry and it doesn't matter if anybody forgives him because fuck him. It's like nothing really matters. Uh, what isn't going to happen here is Leah Rush isn't going to have been insensitive, apologize for being called out on this kind of thing. Everybody forgives him. He turns over a new leaf and everybody starts farting out rainbows. That's not going to happen. No. Instead, he just earned himself a bit of a reputation for being an asshole and people are going to stick that with him for as long as they want to. That's kind of shitty. But bottom line, 
it was a pretty insensitive joke. And if you're going to be making a joke like that, you probably should have a little bit more clout or you kind of risk being called out the way that you are. So I wouldn't be shocked at all if Leo Rush has a little bit of a struggle in NXT for a while. Maybe here in his way back, a little bit of brownie points here and there. But the main story here is the three releases. And I'm curious what you guys have to say about those. Were you shocked? Were you happy? Were you sad? Where do you think that they're going to go? What's next for them? What do you think about the Leo Rush joke? And as far as anything else, too, make sure you leave your comments below. Tell me what you think about this, because that's it for the hot tags, everybody. We're past that 20-minute mark and so, so I'm going to be uh, tapping out. Uh, I'm going to get a little bit of sleep, hopefully, and wake up tomorrow and deal with a bunch of stupid kids trying to beg me for candy because tomorrow's Halloween. Actually, technically today's Halloween because it's past midnight. So yeah, I will uh, report back on the funniest costume or something like that that I see on our main event for this week, which I haven't quite sorted out yet. If you have any suggestions, leave them in the comments below. I might double up on something. I might do a Sporkle quiz as like a backup. And if I can think of something, then we might do like a smart announce table or some other kind of a thing. And if I can't think of anything, then the main event might just be that Sporkle quiz. But uh, if it is a Sporkle quiz, I'm not really going to be talking too much about what happened to Halloween and everything. But we'll see what we'll see. And uh, the week after that is going to be Call the Spot for the Survivor Series teams. It's basically going to be like a four-edition Call the Spot. Kind of like what we did last year for uh, Survivor Series. And um, if you want to be aware of when we do all this kind of stuff and when we post videos... Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube and make sure that you ring that bell and check off that you want notifications. If you're listening to this on iTunes and Stitcher, the best means for you to be aware of when we do post things is not only to check the website itself, but to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SmartOutMoment because everything is all cycled in. It all gets posted to the same kind of things. And then, yay, you get aware of uh, these kind of things. And then you click on them and I earn money and you tell me that I'm wrong. And we're all happy. <laughs> so that's it for episode 309 for the Hot Tags to the very least, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode. I will see you next time. This has been another Smart Out Moment, and I am being counted out.